0: The Secrets of Disney is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Ladies and gentlemen.
1: What's there, Mama?
0: Ten thousand years will give you such a crick in the neck.
2: How do you do?
0: How do you do what? Show me the smile. If
2: you can't say something nice...
0: Don't play nothing at all. Very nice. You can sit by me. Everything's so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get
2: up. Come on, get up. Get up. Where are we going? Up oh, to Neverland. You must kiss me. Excuse me? Please, princess. One kiss.
1: Unless you beg for more.
2: Hi there, and welcome to another edition of The Secrets of Disney. And... I'm Deborah, one of your hostesses, and joining me as usual is Sherry. Hello, we are going to talk about something today that um, has been very timely because I have been giving out advice on this particular subject, which is how to deal with crowds, especially around the holidays um with Walt Disney World and and not just Walt Disney World a lot of places you know everybody's planning their Christmas and Thanksgiving and holiday vacations you know and a lot of people will you know uh, get to the point where if they have young children like Sherry does (laughs) where you know you're kind of limited if you don't want to take them out of school you know to Thanksgiving and holiday and um you know uh, the big major holidays to take them on a little getaway. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. Yes, it is a
1: challenge when you have little kids.
2: Yeah, very, very or-
1: much a challenge. Or even if you're just older, if you're well, older and have little patience, it can be very challenging.
2: <laughs> here's the, here's the premise of why I picked the subject this week. Is that um as as most of you know, I do um holiday or I do planning for vacations and. You know, I'm planning a um, a, a California uh, vacation for some government employees. Actually, there are no little kids involved in this. It's actually people that work at the university and for the U.S. Postal Service. And so if you're like a government or state employee, you kind of get you know, maybe Christmas off because that's the you know, like for me, I get a week off every week, no matter or every year, no matter whether I feel about it, to um celebrate Christmas because I work for the University of Nebraska too. And um they they basically are like your office is closed, get out. So so I get a I get a great vacation over Christmas, whether so, I wanted some it or people not. People
1: would be so jealous of you. <laughs> right because well, of it, a used... forced vacation.
2: Well, and I had the opposite problem at Disney when I used to work at Disney was that um, all hands on deck. Like you were very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I remember many, many, many Thanksgiving Christmases and New Year's Eves where I was working until, you know, park closed until two in the morning, three in the morning. Or, you know, um, where, you know, we we'd watch the fireworks at midnight on New Year's Eve while working. It was fun. I wouldn't take that back in a heartbeat. but. But, you know, there's certain things that we learned about dealing with the crowds, especially really um, dense crowds over the holidays. So perhaps Sherry and I have some good tips for you today. Hopefully.
1: Hopefully. Hopefully. And it's not just in the holidays, although those are the worst times. I avoid the parks like the plague when when it is a holiday because it's just going to be
2: crazy crowded. I used to have, um, before I moved back to Nebraska, I used to have a no Disney during Christmas week rule (laughs) (laughs) unless I had to, like I, I was not going to go there personally myself during uh, Christmas week just because, but you know, like I said, some people don't have a choice. That's the only option they have.
1: Right, right. right.
2: And so we're going to start with um, one of the best things you can do to beat the crowd is to get there super early.
1: Yes. If you can stay in a Disney resort, uh, it is more pricey, but it does come with its benefits, which is extra magic hours, which means if the park opens at, let's say, nine o'clock, the resort guests get in an hour earlier. So they would get in at eight o'clock, which makes for the park to be pretty much empty. And especially if you go to rope drop, which Deborah likes to do. You can be probably one of the first people on the ride or rides.
2: Right. You know, what I was um, planning today and yesterday, well, um, in preparation for this recording, too, it's like, oh, yeah. Um, So I'm doing California Disneyland, and they have some different rules than Disney World. And one of the things that is happening um, this year is that new Galaxy's Edge, right? There's uh, in Disney World, uh, the new ride is going to be coming out December 5th, the Rise of the Resistance, yep. which I have no idea. We'll have to do a little episode because I have no idea what that's going to look like yet. Uh, I'm but excited. Disney, yeah, Disneyland is uh, their debut of that ride will be after the holiday season. So. Uh, but I know that in Disneyland there is no fast passes, and in Disney World there are no fast passes for Galaxy's Edge. So you're just I, gonna I have to. I think they sh- will have
1: them eventually.
2: Right. But Right but now, just, there's
1: not. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you, that's one of those attractions that okay, if that's your priority, and and one of my families I'm dealing with that is their priority. Like the the father is a his office is head to like tail every covered in Star Wars stuff it's really impressive <laughs> and so this is what he's been looking forward to for a long time and he you know he's gonna have to probably his best bet is gonna go at rope drop or at park opening and try to be get that done first yes because Although,
1: w- you know when we went we found that going first thing actually was not beneficial to us
2: possibly yeah
1: right because when we went in September, we our goal was to do the Star Wars ride, the Millennium Falcon uh, smuggler's run right away. And mm-hmm. so we got there right when it opened that, uh, for the extra about magic 6:15. hours. Yeah, ride, in the morning. <laughs> and we headed straight for the Millennium Falcon. And we ended up in a line that was, I think, about 25 minutes long, which yeah. isn't bad. It, it really is not. However, we've discovered that most people did that. So the next time we went, we actually went like, what, an hour later mm-hmm. or something like that. And so we got there, let's say, at 7, seven fifteen to Smuggler's Run, and there was no line. Right. So kind of test out the waters. Like, sometimes it's great to get there. Like, if you can be first, awesome. But especially since our extra magic hours were, it was three hours before park opened, I believe, Right. that we had a huge chunk of time that we could say, okay, we don't have to go right away, but let's go back in an hour. And and then there was no line. It was wonderful.
2: Well, and here's the other thing I've heard, too, about that particular attraction is that also if you save it for the last thing of the day, like maybe an hour or two before park close. There's Mm. not very many crowds there either, because all the crowds have moved over to watch fireworks. Have done Millennium Falcon, have done you know, done the land in the daylight, and now they're going to watch fireworks, or going to a different park, or watching the nighttime parade. So that's kind of where, and that's Disneyland nighttime parade, meaning Mm -hmm. Disneyland. But um, you know, Star uh, Fantasia or Fantasia Fantasmic Fantasmic at Studios. People will probably go to that at the end of the night um or go over to Epcot or Magic Kingdom. Right. So that, you know, I've heard that if you go um a little bit before park close, a couple hours before park close that your the wait times are pretty good then yes, too. Yes.
1: That's what I've heard too.
2: So but So that's the, one you know, way to
1: avoid crowds.
2: And I just want to just want to kind of give you an an overall okay, so for years I watched park traffic from the outside of of all the parks at Walt Disney World as um as an undercover security officer and so i'd watch it day after day and i'll tell you what most people get to the parks between 10 and noon every day so you know that it takes a while to get families up and ready and breakfast ate and you know it takes longer than you think to park and get everybody ready for the tram ride and all that so you know you have a little bit of i guess quiet time not necessarily bata- a lot of parks open at nine. Some will open at eight, like Animal Kingdom. So you have some time where the park isn't as busy before that 10, 11 o'clock crowd starts getting there. So th- yes. that's another reason. I say get there early. Um, the busiest time of day for the park is between 11 and 5 or 11 and 4. And that's when you get everybody's in the park, everybody who came in the middle of the day, they're there and um the kids aren't crabby yet but they're gonna hit the wall you know around three four or five o'clock if yeah. you have little kids and and mom and dad will too you know there's there's only yeah. so much caffeine you can do and then <laughs> and then yeah. you or know listening they'll wanna, to
1: whining there's or listening only so much listening to whining you can have that was
2: yeah there was it was always interesting also to see the park leave because you'd always see kids and like Partial meltdown leaving the park if they weren't (laughs) asleep. So, so it's, it's, it's that. And, um, especially for little, little kids, many times they won't be able to stay awake past like the first parade or fireworks or like seven or eight o'clock. So, something to think about, especially on the most coveted of busy nights, which is New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve and Fourth of July. Cause that's, that's the other thing is like, um, I think you know the there is a point where the parks will shut down, and they'll be max capacity on especially Christmas and especially New Year's Eve. So if you're planning to do that uh, by ten o'clock in the morning, you you best be at Magic Kingdom or else you might not get in. Like they'll run out of parking. That's how I. I
1: just think it's crazy to even think <laughs> about going on those days.
2: Why? Why do? Why would you?
1: Why would you- do that to yourself. How you know would what? you enjoy <laughs> the park knowing that it might hit capacity? That's, That's crazy. So, I would A lot go of people to, do it, though, because it hits I, capacity. Uh, but, yeah, crazy.
2: Well, and it, it, here's the other thing, too, is like on those days where, you know, it might hit capacity. Um, The, the thing is Magic Kingdom is going to go first, followed by Animal Kingdom. And then followed by studios and Epcot will always be the last to hit max capacity because they can, they can shove a lot of people in there. They really can. (laughs) I think 80,000 people and, and you can shove about 65, 70, it might even be 80 at Magic Kingdom, but the other two parks are kind of smaller. So it's Mm -hmm. their capacity is like 50,000. And, uh, so I know Epcot will, you know, cause they have the, they have the parking capacity and they have the space capacity to just shove a lot of people in there. Yeah. <laughs> and lots it's not going to be pleasant. walking space. Yeah. It's, and the, okay. So this is true story, true story. So I brought, um, my friend from California came, um, to spend New Year's Eve with me. And this was like 10 years ago, maybe 15 even. And, so we we decided after i'd get off work on and i had, i was working day shift then so after i got off work she was gonna join me at epcot and we were just gonna you know spend new year's eve at epcot well at six o'clock they start handing out the those horns and hats the and it, it honestly felt and sounded like we were just walking through the largest block of geese in the world <laughs> <laughs> to the point where she was covering her ears, and she's like, "I, I, I need to get out of this. I, I can't handle this anymore." And <laughs> and she's right because it was just if you have a child who has like sensory issues, that is not the place much. to put them. Yeah, it was it was way too much. But by eight o'clock, all they did an early fireworks usually, and by nine, most of the families with young children were out the door. So that was that's a good thing that they do. Yeah. Um yeah. Just, no, just to warn smart. you. Disney smart. So Disney so is.
1: what what should you do if you do go with your family? Right? To to try to minimize or even just with your friends, right? Oh yeah. To to minimize your own personal meltdowns, whether you're <laughs> six years old or thirty years old are 44 or years 40, old yeah. <laughs> and I'm I, i'll be to be in the crowds what you know what, what do you suggest people do uh let's talk about the older people first because because we we can definitely share about that
2: i will be the first to admit and sherry didn't see this she was very she's probably very lucky she didn't see this i had a meltdown um by myself last september like the the it was overwhelming. I do have a you know I'm one of those people that um, after a while sensory overload and I I have a bit of a panic attack. Um, I it doesn't happen very often, but I had to go find a quiet corner and breathe. Like I was breathing in and out. And this cast member's like, lady, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, just step away. <laughs> turned my personal space at your own risk. <laughs> yeah, I just need you to to mind your own business and walk, walk away from me right now because I'm trying to get this whole calm down thing going. Um, yeah. But if you're older, it does make sense to go early. Go back to your resorts. Um, you know, if you're staying at Disney, go take a nap. Go go have a leisurely lunch somewhere that isn't the Magic Kingdom or somewhere that isn't a theme park is my my suggestion. I mean, maybe you can't have that, or maybe you don't want to do that. Um, but, like, for example, a lot of places, especially if you're at the Magic Kingdom, if you hit the monorail and go over to the Contemporary, there's a lovely restaurant there that everybody raves about called The Wave. And then, you know, Grand Floridian has the Grand Floridian Cafe and. Um, 1900 Park Fair and a couple other uh, places to eat and and there's a tea room there, and a, oh, and a new uh lounge that's Beauty and the Beast themed. Right, right. I want to go check that one out. Yeah, they so they just redid what used to be called Meisner's Lounge on the second floor of um the Grand, and they made it. They knocked out, there used to be a store there for men's clothing that they got rid of. They were like, eh, nobody's selling anything. So they knocked that out, called Commander Porters, and they knocked that out and, and doubled the size of the lounge and made it a Beauty and the Beast-themed lounge with Beauty and the Beast-themed drinks. And it just opened nice. like a month ago. And I can't wait to see it. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. That's it. Or you can go over to the Polynesian and, and do a couple things over there. You know, you could always go over to... um take a bus over to some of the other one of my favorite resorts to walk around in that I always enjoy walking through because it's my favorite theming and people can disagree with me you're welcome to is Port Orleans? I love to go over there and just take a take a walk and um it's southern it is nice
1: over there it is really nice over there
2: yeah they have um three different distinctive styles going on at that resort so there's like they call it the bayou so it's a, a little more swampy which it's um it's tastefully done swamp and then <laughs> they have um they um play uh like they have five outer buildings that are designed like southern plantations but they're hotel rooms and it is mm-hmm. phenomenal with fountains and and landscaping and it's just amazingly beautiful for hotel rooms and then, if you go over to, to um, that's Riverside. If you go over to Port Orleans French, French Quarter. Quarter, then it's um, you know, it's New Orleans themed, uh, you know, uh, hotel rooms and you know have a little squares and streets and you know it's really cute and it's just quiet and calm and you can also get a horse. They have horse drawn carriages in the evening if you're if you want to get away from. The crowds. Uh, it's crowds. And maybe if you're older, you don't want to necessarily spend all day at the parks. You know, remember that um for the most part, the there with a few exceptions on the really, really busy days, you can go hang around at the resorts. Yes. And it, and it's gonna be calmer and it's gonna be a lot of fun. You're gonna discover a lot of things you didn't see before. Like um, like I said, at Port Orleans you can go fishing. You can rent um like the little jet skis and canoes and um that kind of stuff. There's a boat that goes from Disney Springs to Port Orleans that you can take and they do a cute little bayou spiel on the boat. It's one of my one of my free favorite things to do and it's just very calm. And then um you can rent bicycles and you know just you know, hang there's, out. There's and,
1: lots and lots of activities at, oh, at the resorts.
2: And you just pick the the resort that you feel is suits your personality. And we can go over that someday. We'll have to do that. We'll have to talk about <laughs> different the, resorts, different themes at different resorts and how that works. So yes. I think that's, if you can come back after the crowd, like eight o'clock after the crowds have gone, if you're older, I think that, and then go hit the rides mm-hmm that way it usually makes for a much less uh crazy time my opinion yeah.
1: a lot less stressful
2: right so what, what would you say
1: uh well so one of the things which we've already talked about are fast passes mm-hmm. so to avoid the crowds that's one of the best ways to do it is to to hop on uh the computer 60 days in advance and reserve your fast passes and then keep getting them as the day goes on. Cause then you can just skip the line for the most part and hop onto a ride. Now, when you're walking around and there's lots of crowds, uh, there generally is a pattern of flow of people. So just pay attention and walk with the flow of traffic. Uh, And I say that, and it sounds really silly But there are a ton of people who are not paying attention and they walk against traffic. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing and what are you thinking? (laughs) Personally, that would make my day horrible. So just go with the flow of traffic. And also look around at um, what's around you because Disney does have walkways, right? They have the, the typical pathways that you can go but sometimes it'll give you a refresh to walk through the stores. It's AC, it's generally less crowded because people are so focused on getting to the rides mm-hmm. that if you just step, you know, four feet to your left or right, depending on which side you're walking on, into a store, the stores generally are all connected. So you can walk straight on through, uh, be in a little less crowd. And be in air condition,
2: or um, out of out of the element if it's raining or yes, whatever. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly.
1: Uh,
2: or heat um, because you you got to remember this time of year, Florida actually gets a little cool in the evenings, and right. so does California, like jacket weather.
1: So, so it'd be good. Like it's the opposite. So of, of the cold and hot. Yeah. So, so that's good. Um, I, I can give a little bit of, I guess. Help in regards to if you have kids. Yes. Um, If you are with kids, uh, any parent knows you just need to be patient. And that's not just when you're at a Disney park. That's just life. You have to be patient. But when you go to a Disney park, especially when it's crowded, just imagine your patience level at home and times it by like 50. 50. Because that's how much more patient you need to be. Uh Uh, Deborah has referred to the meltdowns. Uh, They will happen or they have happened. Uh, You you have to be flexible. If you're going to insist on going from ride to ride to ride, your child is going to have a meltdown. Because they don't understand what's going on. And they are tired they for every one step you take they take like 3 depending on how big they are so so to also avoid crowds and potentially avoid meltdowns stop someplace where it's designed for kids a little bit so i know we referenced in another in a previous podcast about at epcot there's a little there are a couple little play areas in epcot Uh, One is a little water play area and another is a little playground. So as you're walking around, remember that 50 times your amount of patience. And I know you want to get to all those things around the park. But for your own sanity, stop at one of them. Just stop for like, I don't know, 15, 30 minutes and let your kid just play. Let them hop in the water. Let them climb on the structures. You take a break, try to find a shady spot to sit in. That will help you in regards to your patience level and your calmness to also get a break. So it's not just for your kid, it's for you. And then when you end up getting up and going back into that crowd, you will have the patience and the inner calm or however you want to put it to be able to deal with the crowd and the crazies. Because you know what? Most of those people are not going to be calm and happy. As much as Disney is the most magical place in the world, most people, by the time it's like four o'clock, like Deborah said, it's not just the kids getting grouchy, it's the adults too. Yeah. They're they're grumpy, they're hot, they're tired, and they just they want to hit up all everything too. And and the and then all heck breaks loose. So So that's one, one advice on
0: how to do that. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of SQPN, with a special message. The StarQuest Network is fulfilling its mission to explore the intersection of faith and pop culture. And in the past year, we've reached stunning new heights. Our programs are reaching broad new audiences with a message that helps us discern good entertainment make sense of the world, and share the gospel with others. We continue to launch new shows and bring back great shows. We just relaunched Secrets of Star Wars, which comes at the perfect moment to capture the excitement over the new show, The Mandalorian, and the climax of the new Star Wars movies. The support of our audience is vital to this work and has helped us grow closer to meeting our financial obligations. For that, we are very grateful. But we still need to close the gap. Every new gift extends our deadline, but until we eliminate our deficits, the future of Star Wars StarQuest and your favorite shows remain in question. This is why it's crucial we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you're already a supporter of StarQuest, we are very grateful and we ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you are not yet a supporter, please become one now. We urgently need your help and every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? That lets us provide more than 40 hours of professionally produced shows with compelling content. We have special thank you gifts for donors at several giving levels. If you are a business owner or just want to provide a leadership level of support, we now have a special giving level for sponsors, like in public broadcasting. For $500 per month, you or your business can sponsor one of the shows on our network. Listeners will hear a message in every episode thanking you for your sponsorship and giving your website. We'll also have your name and link on the SQPN webpage and in the show notes of every episode during your sponsorship. Whatever level of support you can offer, whether large or small, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas, and remember that your gifts are tax-deductible. Just go to SQPN.com slash give. That's sqpn.com slash give. And may God bless you and yours as we approach the celebration of our Lord's birth.
2: Another quiet place if you have little littles like toddler age or you know, even elementary, I imagine they would be okay with it. There is a baby care center in everything park. And you open that door to like quiet and they're and like the magic kingdom one has rooms with rocking chairs and little areas to watch movies in you know or to quietly you know calm down and and take a little break from the the crazy outside and And not a lot of people sorry go ahead go ahead no i said not a lot of people every time i've gone in there not that i go in there a lot because i don't have kids but every time i've gone in there it's not that busy in there
1: yes i agree and even if you don't have kids You can still go in there. Yeah. Go in there, sit down, take a breather. Uh, We went to the one at Magic Kingdom and they had water. Mm -hmm. So you can help yourself to water so you can stay hydrated and cool. Uh, So so all that stuff. And that's free. It's free. Now, if you you have a kid and you you need diapers and stuff, I think you have to pay for that. But the water is free and the, the sitting and relaxing is free.
2: Right. And they do have like microwaves and, um, you know, places to reheat food if you brought something or yes. there's also bathrooms in there, <laughs> which I'm like, ooh, a bathroom with nobody in it. So yes. it, that was that's always a treasure. <laughs> yes, And it's cleaner because it's the, cleaner. there's less people
1: that go in there. Right, So it might so be you don't smaller. Have to worry about it.
2: Yeah, it might be smaller because, you know, it's meant for little people. <laughs> yeah so uh, but that's, that's okay uh, yeah it's okay i'm o- as long I was as you right can get back
1: that. up you don't want to yeah. sit down and be like oh i can't get back up
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be
1: sad yeah um but, oh so go, go ahead no go ahead
2: what you were gonna say what was your well,
1: i was gonna say another way that we've beaten the crowd whether you're a family or not um my husband when when we go by ourselves we do this too is we Buy snacks, whether it's we bring in our own from outside the park, or we get like a Mickey pretzel or something. But uh, it it helps us to stay calm. Is as you're going around, a lot of times people forget to eat until they get hungry, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's too late. You're grouchy, especially if you have kids. You're hangry. Yeah, yeah, you're hungry exactly. Uh, so what we do is. We try to make sure we always have snacks on ourselves or if we're like going from point A to point B, if we see some place that has a snack that we might be interested, usually it's at an off time. So we get in line, usually it's short, to get a snack at that point versus waiting till everybody gets hungry.
2: Yeah. And then and it, oh, this so- isn't, no, I so now that you mentioned that the peak time to eat at Walt Disney World Park, and I know this from being in food and beverage, is one o'clock to one thirty, because that's when. Oh, hey, it's one. O'clock. No wonder I'm hungry. It's almost noon. You know, it's past noon, and then everybody gets in line at once, and it's yes. it's kind of crazy. So don't go then. <laughs> yeah, always go like at avoid, noon. Avoid. a little earlier. Eleven thirty.
1: Eleven thirty is safe.
2: Or at three or four, if you can yes. hold up that long. Yes. I, I recommend a, that too. Get a
1: Mickey bar. Get a Mickey bar. And yep. then go, go. that'll tide you over till three o'clock. Yep. Uh so, so those things. And then while you're in line, you can eat. Yes. There's absolutely no rules about eating in line. So get your snack before you get hungry, uh, especially if you have kids. And then while you're all in line, you can all eat, enjoy your food, because you're going to be in line for at least 20 minutes, usually. It'll tide the time over. It'll make the line go faster. And yep. you'll fill your stomach so you'll never hit that hangry phase.
2: And not only that, don't forget to drink as well. Yes. And I I have a, a non-Disney... um story that happened to me recently, which is, okay, so most of, if you've heard my other podcast about the Camino de Santiago, the last time I was there, when I hit Santiago, my body kind of hit the wall, and I got severely dehydrated, and I didn't know I was severely dehydrated, and until, and I lost... I guess lost control of my emotions and the fact that I couldn't stop crying, and so they they took me to a pharmacy in Spain to you know talk about my my problems, and they gave me one of those um, uh, electrolyte drinks, and I drank it, and I'm like immediately I was like <laughs> oh that was the problem. I feel better. <laughs> I feel so much I I can I can stop crying now. I feel so much better. Um and that's that's the other thing too is when I used to walk around on hot days, you know, you can see when the kids are about to drop from heat exhaustion. You yes. don't want to be that parent where you all of a sudden have somewhat of a medical emergency on your hands. So make sure you're keeping your little ones and yourself uh hydrated, hydrated. regularly. So while yeah. you're eating, also pound some water just start drinking it
1: yes And, and this is just me and I have to throw this in just because I was so like happy was on this particular trip I had purchased a water bottle refillable water bottle that came with a little filter in it and I have to share this because I've gone to Disney many many times I've worked at Disney and I really don't like the taste of the water that comes out of the water fountains. What
2: the swamp water is not any good? <laughs> no, not at
1: all. Not at all. And so so you know if you guys are okay with it, great, fine. But I bought this water bottle and I told my husband, I'm like, am I crazy? And he's like, ah, oh, whatever. Well I and Deborah can attest to this, I stopped constantly to fill my water bottle to stay hydrated. Especially the first few days of our trip, because it was crazy hot. And because I had that filter, it was able to get rid of the nasty, swampy, whatever flavor in the water. So I had no problems drinking it. And I actually, about a halfway through the trip, I kind of was like, you know, maybe this is all psychological. Maybe, you know, just because there's a filter, I think it tastes better. So I tried drinking out of the fountain. Mm-hmm. without the the you know putting it in my water bottle first and I spit the water out I was like okay <laughs> wasn't in my mind back to filling my water bottle um, oh wow I guess so... I never
2: asked you that I know you were talking <laughs> slightly about it and I was just like whatever Sherry is I yeah, was you know, drinking my quirky. fountain water yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me I, and I think I'm also spoiled because I, I am from Hawaii and for whatever reason, I feel like our water—I I don't want to say taste cleaner because water doesn't is not supposed to have a taste. Uh huh. But
2: but it does.
1: It does, and I feel like our water doesn't have all the yucky, nasty flavors of whenever I travel anywhere else. I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to the Hawaii no, water, uh, and okay, other so water tastes gross. I don't know. The,
2: growing up, I grew up in a very small area of Nebraska, very rural. And so the country kids would always complain that the town water, like I lived in town, the town water tasted awful, but the well water out at their farm was the best water in the world. So there's there could be something to be said about that.
1: that. okay. I don't know. Well, you know, (laughs) anyway, I bought myself a water filter bottle and I was so grateful for it because I was able to stay hydrated the whole time. Um, I did have to go to the bathroom a lot, which might be too much information. But it's better to do that than to pass out from dehydration right. or to get headaches or, you know, get even grouchy because right. you're there to have a good vacation. So it doesn't hurt you to stop for you know, a minute to fill your water bottle at a fountain and there are tons all over the place. Or you can go in a restaurant and ask them for cold water, which they will give you and then carry the water bottle in your bag and just drink it as you go. Right. Uh, much better than than any of the other situations that could happen
2: right and and um, occasionally I would recommend along with that um, and you don't have to buy it at Disney but you could probably buy it outside of Disney if you wanted Gatorade or some sort of um, electrolyte replacement yes. drink occasionally if you know I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff but I've bec- I'm learning to become a fan because of you know, how it makes you feel if you're dehydrated. So, uh, you know, that's something to think about. And, you know, again, that's a a crowd beating. You know, if you're going to have the endurance to wait out all these crowds, you got to be healthy while you do it.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, Just as a tip for what Deborah just said about the Gatorade. One trip we took with our boys, they were really young at the time. um, And again, I do not like the water taste. Was I bought the Gatorade um powder mix, oh yeah, and I got um plastic bottles, just like you could you could even get a, a Gatorade bottle, drink it, wash it because you can't take liquids on an airplane um I got the smaller one, I think they're twelve ounces
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and what I did was I tried it at home. And I found the right amount of powder to put on the bottom and I drew a Sharpie line around the bottle so I knew how much to refill every time. And then when we were in the parks, I just would put the powder in and add water and shake it up and there you go. And when you have a kid that is kind of priceless, especially, you know, they like the the uh, flavored stuff more than just plain swampy water Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a lot cheaper to buy the one canister of the mix powder mix versus the individual packets that Gatorade sells or Powerade or whatever brand you drink or the pre-made bottles because per bottle it's like I don't know three dollars or something right uh so that's just a tip that of what we did one time to kind of keep ourselves hydrated
2: so the the other thing too um with crowd and i think this is this is a hard one is no when to say when (laughs) yes so so if everybody is starting to lose it basically if everybody's starting to bicker or your kids are whiny uh, you know more so than normal or if you're you know if if you're finding it you're you're kind of battling your family in in some respect it might be time to call it. You know, let's call yes. the day. Let's 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 go home for a little bit and rest. Yes. You know, you might get some resistance on that. No, we don't want to leave and you know, <laughs> that that happens a lot, but it's Yeah. It's just going to get progressively worse until your kids get that loopy. Some kids will get that loopy, tired like where they're just <laughs>
0: Delusional,
2: the, yeah, to almost <laughs> delusional, and uh, <laughs> yes. so you know when to when to say, "Hey, we need. We're getting too tired. We need. This isn't enjoyable. We need to leave."
1: Right. Uh, uh, also, if you're getting to that point, uh, you can try to extend your trip a little longer in the parks by going to the rides. So I guess they're more shows that right. are sit down that are air conditioned um these are some of my favorites <laughs> my mm-hmm. napping places uh like carousel of progress or the hall of presidents uh or even philharmagic that is my dad's favorite quote unquote ride and he'll go in there like a dozen times in one trip because it's it's air conditioned it's it's seats they've got music so Take a break from running from ride to ride and go find all those sit down shows Mm -hmm. that that Disney has to offer. And there's
2: a whole bunch. Like Uh, Lion King over in Animal Kingdom. Yes. If you're in Epcot, there's not as many shows, but there's a lot of little tiny shows, for example. Well, like Impressions de France is one of my favorite shows, Um, but also like go see the Voices of Liberty. At the American Adventure. Or go see, there's a Canadian group that does kind of like a bluegrass, um, Canadian roots rock. And they have a little seating area. And uh, so there's little performers. You you can take a time out and let your kids watch the Chinese acrobats.
1: Yes, those are fun. The Chinese acrobats are
2: awesome. So it's so funny because I, I had a little kid moment too. Gosh, I had a lot of little kid moments this last time where she, everybody's like, hey, let's stop and watch the Chinese acrobats. I'm like, Chinese acrobats are dumb. Let's go. But <laughs> <laughs> so we stayed and watched them for a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My husband likes to watch them a lot. He He yeah, I don't know what he's got in his head that I don't like watching them. I do. But. Admittedly, I've I have visited China and I went to a special like uh it was a monks a monk uh what is it? a monastery? No, oh, uh-huh. it is a monastery. Uh, yeah. and and they did a special exhibit for us. That was so cool that I've never seen before or ever again that it's kind of hard to compare cuz like this one guy put a bowl on his stomach and then he just clenched his stomach muscles like he literally just put the the open side of the bowl on his stomach he clenched his stomach muscles and then they called up the audience and I don't know like three or four guys tried to go up there and pull the bowl off his stomach and they couldn't.
2: Oh, weird. It okay. was like,
1: oh, my gosh. Like, whatever he did to clench his stomach muscles, he created a vacuum somehow that the bull just stuck on his stomach. I was like, oh, my gosh. And there were like, many other things like that that I was like, that is crazy. And, I mean, there were some stuff that I'm sure would never appear in the United States because lawsuits wouldn't ensue. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, talking it about China's crowds, like <laughs> yes, China's <laughs> like that. Talking about crowds, um, one other thing I would say that if you have kids is Disney has tried to incorporate a lot of activities into the queue lines. Mm-hmm. So let your kids play with them if you have phobia to germs or anything like that, because the reality is, is there are thousands and thousands of kids touching the same thing. And I am sure there are thousands and thousands of kids wiping their snot, coughing in their hands, <laughs> touching everything. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to let them touch stuff. Don't let, just let them do it. Let them have fun. It will save you. It will save them. Everybody's sanity. Just take uh, hand wipes. Take alcohol, uh, whatever it's called, the little jar bottles of hand sanitizer, sanitizer yep. um and just before you get on the ride put it on because the reality is is even though queues that do not have all those play activities on them there's the rails there's the walls there's all that stuff that your kid is touching and hanging on and whatever just like the thousands of other people including adults who you know, I'm sorry, some of them don't know how to wipe their hands and some of them sneeze just like little kids. Right. So just take a, a bottle of hand sanitizer with you. Uh, sanitize your kids' hands every once in a while. It's fine. Um, but let them play. And depending on the ride, a lot of the times it's okay to let them play. You stand in the queue line and you move with the queue. You keep your eye on them, but you move with the cue and then at a certain point you call them over and they can join you in line. So you don't have to make them stay right by you. Uh, but you do have to keep your eye on them and you do have to make sure that you call them over because if you get out of view, unfortunately, they cannot go on the ride with you. So you don't want that to happen. But but take the time, be patient You're at Disney. There have been so many times I've been at Disney, and this is one way to deal with the lines in the crowds, is people hop on their phones. But you have a family of four, and if you're all on your phones, you're not actually spending family time together. So try to put the phones away and engage your kids with looking at all the things, or even your friends. Like Deborah and I, this last time, went with our friends all we're all about the same age in our 40s and we spent the time chatting we spent the time looking at what was around us and talking about different things um and that that to me helps a lot with the crowds and the weights um because you're engaged you're you're focused on the connection with your fellow people versus just okay, let's get from point A to point B, let's go, you know, and and then yeah. that kind of ruins things a little bit. So, well, so take that then, time to connect.
2: And we ha- we also have um, experience with, you know, especially with tweens, them just not paying attention and just glued to their phones. And that's also something you, I don't know, I, I think it's, it's healthier if you Limit your phone time with your tween for sure to oh, yeah, so definitely. that they engage with the rest of the people around them and not always watching videos or playing games
1: oh definitely, I completely agree, um but I have to go
2: yeah I have to go get yeah. my kids um I hope you find this um uh, interesting, so you've been listening to Secrets of Disney on StarQuest Production networks to find links from this discussion and to- pr- pr- uh for previous episodes and also to send us feedback and ask us questions please go to sqpn.com backslash disney you can also email us at disney at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com backslash StarQuest media or on twitter at sqpn i'm deborah shaben and i'm sherry tamamoto and thank you once again for joining us on the secrets of disney on star quest
1: ta-ta for now